as Lorna, park ranger of the Green Lakes National Park. My days were usually filled with the routine tasks of patrolling and maintaining the park. But that particular evening was different. I had been off duty, indulging in a spot of elk hunting near the old growth, an area dense with towering trees that had seen centuries pass by. The sun was gently sinking, painting the sky in hues of orange and purple. It was my favorite time of the day in the park, a time when the hustle of the day eased and the nocturnal orchestra started tuning up. The first screen pierced the peaceful dusk like a shard of glass. It was long, chilling, and unlike anything I'd ever heard in the park. My heart pounded in my chest as I tried to decipher the source. It sounded distant, past a clear cut some two hundred yards away. I gripped my hunting rifle tighter, my senses on high alert. The second scream came, then the third, each roughly five to six seconds long and spaced out over a span of ten minutes. The sounds were loud, almost deafening, echoing through the otherwise quiet forest. It felt as if the forest held its breath. The usual chirping of birds and rustling of leaves replaced by an eerie silence. What intrigued me was not just the volume or the frequency of the screams but the pattern. It was as if whatever was making the sound was trying to communicate. The screams had a certain rhythm to them, an odd cadence that sounded like a kitty. As a park ranger, I was familiar with the cries and calls of the park's wildlife, but this was something new, something foreign. Every instinct told me to retreat, to get to the safety of the ranger station, but my curiosity pushed me forward. I moved stealthily, my boots crunching softly against the forest floor. The screams had stopped, replaced by an unsettling silence. I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up a primal part of me acknowledging the unknown. As I neared the source of the sound, I took a deep breath, preparing myself for whatever was out there. The twilight had given way to the moon's pale glow, casting long, ominous shadows between the trees. I squinted, trying to make out any movement, but the forest stood still, as if it were holding its breath. Then, just as I was about to turn back, I saw it. In the clearing, bathed in the moonlight, was a creature. It was unlike anything I had seen before, a being straight out of a folk tale. As our eyes met, it let out a scream, the same chilling Ah Kitty that had led me here. I held my breath, my grip on the rifle tightening. That night, I came face to face with the unknown, and it changed my perspective forever. The park was not just a job anymore. It was a land of mysteries waiting to be discovered, and I was its custodian. At our lease, we are fortunate enough to have an old house that we have cleaned up and live in. It is extremely old and was owned by the rancher that used to own the property. When we originally started cleaning it out, it had been vacant for years. Animals had gotten inside and tore the place up. Holes in the walls, floors, etc. 
we boarded up the walls and other holes, closed and permanently locked old closets. My dad and I sleep in one room, an uncle in an adjacent room, and my other uncle in a trailer outside. About 11 p.m. on 11.5.11 my bed starts moving back and forth, with me in it. I thought it was my dad shaking my bed, playing a joke on me because that's just his nature. I said, Dad stop. It was obvious he wasn't doing anything and was asleep. My bed literally rocked back and forth with me in it for almost a minute and all I could think about was the scene in Paranormal Activity where the demon grabs and pulls the woman out of the bed. I knew that was about to happen to me any second. Then lights started shining in our window, and I heard doors open and shut, pans clinking together in the kitchen, and thought, I'm about to die. Eventually it all stopped and I went to bed. The next morning after the hunt we all were talking, and I asked everyone if they heard or felt anything last night. Everyone did, which freaked me out. Well, it turns out that was the night of the first earthquake in Oklahoma, and we hunt in the panhandle of Texas. That's why the bed was shaking and the pans rattling. The doors opening and light shining was my uncle getting out of his trailer because he thought we were playing a joke on him and rocking his trailer back and forth. We all had a good laugh when we realized what had actually happened. Okay, it all started out when my brother and his friends went down the hill playing in an old stage coach house. Shortly after that funny things started happening, like stuff being moved around my mom's little trinkets, especially being moved around. For example, an old perfume bottle with an air squirt pocket deal with tassels on it. Then one evening my brother was doing his homework in the living room and the hutch doors with wood latches like on a deer blind window moved on their own, and the doors opened and then slammed back. Then he heard what sounded like running up the stairs. He freaked out and told my mom he was not staying in that house. He was basically crying he was so scared she told him to calm down. It was nothing but she was scared herself. Two nights later my brother, which was fourteen at the time, woke up, and there was a young girl bellied up to his bed. Watching him sleep, he tucked his head under the covers and stayed awake till the sun came up. A night or two went by, and he was in his room. He heard his clothes hangers clanking around in his closet. He ran downstairs, told my mom what happened. They both stood at the bottom of the stairs and yelled, Can you please leave Cooper alone? You are scaring him. He can't even stay in his own room. You need to leave. At that moment, his door slammed shut, which really freaked my mom out. My brother said, Screw this. He stormed up there and said, I'm not scared. Look, I'm getting my shoot gun out, and I will blow your head off if you come out again. His gun was in his gun cabinet in his room, which had a key lock and left the gun by his bed. 
For a few weeks, nothing happened, so he went to pull his gun cabinet keys out to put his gun away, and they were not in his nightstand or anywhere else. So months go by, and it's just little things that are happening. One day, my mom was cleaning my brother's closet out, and underneath a bunch of crap was a suitcase that hadn't been used. In about a year, she picked it up and heard something. She opened it, and it was his keys to the cabinet. We are guessing it put it in there after getting scared. A few nights later, she showed up again in the corner of my brother's room. He freaked out, ran downstairs, woke my mom up, and she remembers it being 3.12 a.m. He slept with her the rest of the night. I come home from college a few weeks later, knowing about none of this. Few mornings go by and my mom always asks, how did you sleep last night? Every miming it was always gray. It feels good to sleep in my old bed, but it's so weird I keep waking up at 3.12 a.m. every single night. Still, she says nothing about the stuff that has happened. Walking around the house alone, I felt weird and taking a shower, I felt like someone was watching me. I had never felt that before. Well, one night I was at the house by myself and heard what sounded like someone jumping on the bed upstairs. I yelled hey and the door slammed. I got my keys and hauled down the road to my friend's mom's house. I'm getting goosebumps just telling this story. Well, I confront my mom and she spills the beans about what is going on. A few nights later, I come home from partying with my friends, and there is anime come from the oven, and a cast iron pot was on fire. The funny thing about it was that oven was only used to store pots and pans. The oven didn't work. It was an older antique oven. My mom woke yelling, what are you doing? And she realizes it would be impossible for me to light that oven. I was freaked out bad. Really didn't want to stay there anymore, but I did. Well, my mom got a hold of a paranormal person in Virginia and told him the stories. Told him where we lived. He did some research and got back with us and faxed a pic of a little girl that was 11 that died of smallpox in the stagecoach house. And before showing my brother have him describe her, well, he described her to a T. The paranormal guy said that when my brother and his grind went down to the house, they might have woke her spirit, and since they were around the same age, she just wanted to play and followed my brother back to the house. And she would not hurt him. She wanted to play jokes and stuff. After that, my brother wasn't as scared. He would just tell her to leave him alone but would leave little trinkets out for her to play with. And they would always get moved around, but nothing else dramatic happened with the little girl. I left quite a bit out, but if I typed all of it, my fingers would fall off. The house burning down is another story. Hope y'all enjoyed. When I was a child playing in the woods with my sister, I kept hearing noises behind me. I assumed it was an animal, 
I ignored it for a while. I started to get a bad feeling. I kept glancing around. I didn't see anything at first. Some time goes by. Out of nowhere, something started running full speed towards us. We ran like hell. For a moment while running away, I looked over my shoulder. I saw a silhouette of a person hunched over like a running back chasing us. Fortunately, our house was not far, and we made it inside fine. Our parents didn't believe us when we told them. They played it off to our imagination. I will never know what his intentions were. I got an evil feeling that words can't explain from that situation. My grandfather's story always haunted me. It was a story he would recount only in hushed tones, under the cover of darkness, as if the very act of speaking those words could summon the horrors he witnessed. He was a member of a special forces team sent into the Chernobyl exclusion zone after the nuclear catastrophe. Their mission, retrieve critical data and secure dangerous materials. I remember sitting by the fireplace, my grandfather's weary eyes locked onto mine as he began his chilling narrative. We arrived in the dead of night, he'd say, his voice trembling with the weight of memories. The radiation was suffocating, a silent, invisible menace that clung to everything. Their objective was clear, but the zone was a different world, a twisted, eerie landscape where nature and technology had fused in grotesque harmony. The hostile forces that once stood as human sentinels now wore the deranged faces of mutants. My grandfather's team moved in silence, avoiding confrontation whenever possible. It was on the third night that they saw it, that enigmatic creature. They were huddled near the forest's edge, cloaked in shadows. We heard a rustling my grandfather would recount. And then it happened. A huge, humanoid horse-looking thing sprinted out of the forest into a moonlit field. It was surreal, running like the wind, clocking in at a blistering forty miles per hour. He would describe how it moved, hunched and limping, yet powerful. Its lean, muscular form was completely pale, almost gray, and it was naked as the day it was born. They couldn't shoot at it, not with the omnipresent radiation threatening to poison their very souls, but my grandfather would swear on his life that the creature wasn't from this world. Its presence radiated otherness, an alien quality that sent shivers down his spine. The rest of the mission blurred into a haze of nightmares. They secured the data, neutralized threats, and returned from that cursed place, but the memories of that creature lingered like a shadow over my grandfather's life. As years passed, the Chernobyl incident exacted its toll. My grandfather, once a pillar of strength, slowly withered away. Cancer, the relentless phantom, claimed him as it had claimed so many others who had dared to tread in that deadly zone. It was as if the very radiation he had breathed in had seeped into his very soul, corrupting it, just as it had corrupted the land. 
And so, my grandfather's story lived on in me, a chilling testament to the horrors of Chernobyl. I often wonder about that unknown creature, a twisted symbol of the zone's twisted reality. Was it a mutation, a product of radiation, or something far more sinister? I may never know, but one thing remains certain. The scars of Chernobyl run deep, touching generations and leaving behind tales of unspeakable darkness. My friend Jake is a sound guy for a local theater group. The other night, he finished a late-night rehearsal and was driving home when he saw something that made him question the very fabric of reality. He was on this empty four-lane road, only illuminated by the dim glow of his headlights. Out of nowhere, he noticed something unusual in the distance. It was tall and skinny, almost resembling a person, but something was just off about it. As he got closer, he realized it was entirely pitch black from head to toe. It stood eerily still for a moment, and then, without warning, it sprinted across the road with a speed he'd never seen before. One moment it was there, and the next it was gone. Jake swears it wasn't an animal. He said it was too tall, too humanoid, but it didn't move like any person he'd ever seen. Jake told me this story, his voice trembling. He was scared, and I couldn't blame him. I'd heard of such encounters before, stories about creatures called crawlers, but I thought they were just urban legends. Most accounts describe them as pale and gaunt creatures, but could there be different kinds? Could crawlers be pitch black too? It's unnerving, to say the least. This happened near my house, and I don't know what to make of it. I keep wondering what lurks in the darkness when the world is asleep. Is it some unknown predator, a crawler, or something else altogether? I'm not sure I want to find out. For now, I'm taking extra precautions. I keep the doors and windows locked, and I'm considering investing in some security cameras. I'm not going to let some demon, crawler, or whatever it is, disrupt my life. But I won't lie, every creak in the night, every rustle of leaves outside, sends a chill down my spine. It's a chilling reminder that there are things out there we don't understand, and some things are better left unknown. I'll never forget the ghostly encounter I had at the Menger Hotel in San Antonio. It happened during a school trip back in high school, and little did I know, the hotel had a reputation for being haunted. I was about to discover this firsthand. Two other girls and I were assigned to share a room. It seemed like a typical hotel room, nothing out of the ordinary. However, as we settled in, I noticed a hairbrush placed on the bed near the foot end but away from the edge. It was a strange position, but I didn't think much of it at first. As I sat on the bed, engrossed in conversation with my friends, something unbelievable occurred. Out of nowhere, the hairbrush flew off the bed, landing on the floor. I was taken aback and couldn't help but laugh. 
jokingly suggesting that if the hotel was haunted, a mischievous ghost must have been responsible for the brush's sudden movement. The following day, I mentioned the incident to our teacher and some other students on the trip. To my surprise, they informed me that the Menger Hotel was indeed known for its paranormal activity and the third floor, where we were staying, supposedly experienced the most ghostly encounters. It sent chills down my spine to think that we had been in the epicenter of the hotel's haunting. Curiosity peaked, I decided to conduct some research to confirm their claims. To my amazement, I discovered numerous accounts of ghostly encounters at the Menger Hotel, solidifying its haunted reputation. The stories ranged from apparitions wandering the halls to strange noises and unexplained phenomena. It was a revelation that left me both fascinated and slightly unnerved. As I gazed out of our room window, which provided a view of the historic Alamo, I couldn't help but wonder if the spirits of the past still roamed these corridors. The experience at the Menger Hotel taught me to approach the unknown with an open mind. Sometimes the most unexpected encounters can occur in the most unlikely places. From that day forward, I developed a deep interest in the supernatural and the stories of haunted locations always keeping an open ear to tales of the unexplained. Though my stay at the Menger Hotel was brief, the memory of that ghostly encounter remains etched in my mind, a reminder that there are mysteries beyond our understanding, waiting to be discovered, even in the most historic and renowned establishments. Early morning, December 16, 29, at approximately 1.30 a.m., I witnessed a weird creature as I drove home from a holiday party. I live in western Maryland a few miles outside of Grantsville, Maryland, Garrett County. The sighting occurred only one mile from my house. I was completely sober since I cannot drink alcohol for medical reasons. As well, I was not tired since I had slept several hours before I went to the party. I was alone, though I had given a friend a ride to her home. I was traveling at the posted speed limit, maybe a bit less since I always watch for wildlife crossing the road after dark. I slowed down because there appeared to be an animal digging in some trash next to the right side of the road. It was 20 feet or so from my car. I slowed down to get a better look and noticed that the creature was too tall, upright, and bulky to be any animal that I have ever seen locally. I'd say about 4 feet tall and about 80 pounds. It was dark gray in color with long, straight, coarse hair. Then it turned and stared at me with its large eyes set forward on its face that appeared bright red in the headlight. The paws were very unusual, almost like human hands with long fingers. It acted surprised that I was there, but remained motionless staring back at me. The face was shaped a lot like a large rat, but had a flat face. I didn't notice a tail. 
After several seconds, it crouched down on all fours and scampered off in a long gait toward the woods nearby. I decided not to chase after it since I had a bad feeling about this thing. I told a police officer friend who told me that there was a similar sighting the winter before after a homeowner witnessed it feeding on a deer in their backyard. He said that I should file a report with state wildlife officials, but I wanted to see if anyone could suggest an identity of the creature before I file the report. I've been keeping to myself for the past year, trying to make sense of the strange occurrences happening in my home. It all started with the bathroom lights turning on and off sporadically, without any explanation. At first, I brushed it off as an electrical glitch, but as time went on, more peculiar things began happening. One of the most unnerving experiences was my television turning on and off multiple times throughout the night. It happened so frequently that it disrupted my sleep and left me feeling unsettled. I tried to rationalize it, blaming it on faulty wiring or a malfunctioning remote, but deep down I knew there was something more to it. Another odd incident involved my AC thermostat. Despite my family knowing how much I dislike returning home to a hot house after working outside, they assured me they hadn't touched the thermostat. Yet, time and time again, I found it switched off when I entered the house. It was a baffling situation, as if someone or something had a mischievous agenda. What struck me as even more peculiar was the synchronicity between my experiences and those of my sister. We had never discussed these strange occurrences, but somehow they seemed to coincide. Shortly after my activity picked up, she claimed to have seen a lady walking past her bedroom door. It sent shivers down my spine to know that she was witnessing similar unexplained phenomena. One rainy evening, my sister and her husband were watching TV when their satellite signal suddenly went out. As they patiently waited for it to restore, they could hear a faint, muted conversation emanating from their bedroom. Intrigued and slightly alarmed, my sister went to investigate, but as soon as she reached the door, the voices ceased. These inexplicable events seemed to be happening to both of us in different corners of the house. Over the years, strange happenings have become a regular occurrence for our family. While my wife was initially frightened by these occurrences, she has grown accustomed to them, realizing that nothing harmful or malevolent ever comes from them. However, it still gives her an eerie feeling especially when I'm away from home. As for me, I'm left with more questions than answers. What is the source of these strange phenomena? Is there an unseen presence within our home, trying to make its presence known? I continue to search for explanations, but until then, I've come to accept that some mysteries may never be fully understood. I have a story to share with you that left me quite intrigued. 
It involves my neighbor and a rather unexpected visitor. It was on January 6th or 7th of this year when this incident took place, and it's something that still gives me chills when I think about it. My neighbor, an elderly woman who lives about three miles away from me near Highway 101, had a startling encounter. She recounted that Bigfoot, yes, you heard that right, Bigfoot, paid her a visit on her back porch. Now we do have quite a few bears in the area, and at first she assumed it was one of them causing the commotion. But when she went to investigate the noise, she realized it was something far more astonishing. Standing just five feet away, she caught sight of a silhouette unlike anything she had ever seen before. It wasn't a bear, she was certain of that. This figure, towering at five feet seven in height compared to her husband, had distinct features that set it apart. She was particularly struck by its large and thick neck, a feature she hadn't associated with Bigfoot before. It was an unexpected detail that caught her attention. As she observed the creature rummaging through her garbage can, she couldn't help but feel a mix of awe and curiosity. Bigfoot, right there on her porch. The encounter was both exhilarating and unsettling for her. She mentioned that she and her husband have no dogs, so there were no other distractions or explanations for what she saw. I had heard tales and legends of Bigfoot before, but this first-hand account from someone I know left me amazed. The fact that Bigfoot would venture so close to human habitation, even in our quiet neighborhood, made it all the more captivating. It made me wonder how many other extraordinary encounters might have happened in our vicinity without our knowledge. Steve, another neighbor who relayed this story to me, mentioned that sightings of Bigfoot in our area weren't unheard of. However, this particular visit to my neighbor's porch added a new layer of intrigue and speculation to the ongoing mysteries surrounding this elusive creature. As for me, I find myself walking around with a newfound sense of wonder and excitement. Who knows what other extraordinary creatures or phenomena might be lurking just beyond our backyards. It's a reminder that there are still mysteries in the world waiting to be unraveled, and I can't help but be captivated by the possibilities. I have a fascinating story to share with you, one that happened to a man named John. It was a memorable evening when he and his wife decided to spend some time at Rooster Rock State Park in Oregon, right by the majestic Columbia River. Little did they know that their peaceful fishing trip would take an unexpected turn. It was around 2 a.m. and John found himself alone at the fishing inlet while his wife peacefully slept in their tent. The full moon illuminated the surroundings, creating an eerie yet beautiful atmosphere. As he cast his line, he heard a piercing and mournful scream that seemed to come from a distance. The sound sent shivers down his spine, filling the air with an unsettling presence. Curiosity got the better of John, 
and he turned his gaze in the direction of the screen. To his astonishment, just ten feet away, stood a massive figure that could only be described as a ten-foot-tall Bigfoot. The creature didn't seem to pay any attention to John, its gaze fixed across the river. Rooster Rock, being known as a potential crossing point for Bigfoot, added a layer of credibility to this extraordinary encounter. As John stood frozen, he couldn't help but notice the creature's eyes. In the moonlight, they shimmered like silver dollars, eight inches apart, glowing with an intense fiery red. It was a sight that sent chills down his spine, filling him with a mix of fear and awe. Panic started to take hold of him, but then something inexplicable happened. A message of peace and non-aggression echoed in John's mind, as if telepathically communicated. It was a calming presence, urging him to maintain a sense of peace and to back away slowly. He listened to the message, turned around, collected his fishing gear, and started to retreat. The encounter had left him in a state of shock and disbelief. In a daze, John packed up his belongings and left in his boat, leaving his wife behind in the tent, completely unaware of what had just transpired. Later, when she woke up and discovered her husband missing, she sought help from a friend to search for him. Little did she know that John had been arrested, a consequence of the encounter's aftermath. As unbelievable as it may sound, the couple returned to the site later, driven by a need for answers. Their disbelief turned into astonishment when they discovered deep and wide tracks, measuring 17 and 20 inches in length. It was evidence that something extraordinary had indeed occurred that night. John, now eager to share his story, expressed his intention to return and recount his experiences when he finds the time. However, he chose not to disclose his last name or any contact information for verification purposes, leaving his tale to be shared solely through word of mouth. This encounter with the enigmatic Bigfoot left John and his wife forever changed, their perspective on the world forever expanded. It serves as a reminder that there are still mysteries lurking in the shadows, waiting to be explored and understood. I've been a police officer in Salem City for over 10 years now, and I've heard all sorts of strange stories from the locals. But one particular report still sends shivers down my spine whenever I think about it. It happened in the early spring of 1992, and it concerned a man named Dan and his girlfriend who were driving down Vitti Springs Road at around 10 p.m. Dan and his girlfriend were heading southwest of Salem when they saw something that they couldn't believe. A Bigfoot was standing in the middle of the road, holding a large plastic garbage bag. The creature seemed just as startled as they were and dropped the bag before running off into the darkness. Curiosity getting the better of them, the couple checked the bag and found it filled with old coffee cups. They immediately reported the sighting to the police, 
and the cups were turned over as evidence. The witness kept some of the cups as a gag, but the rest were handed over to the museum for further study. The witness described the creature as black, standing on two legs, with ape-like features and no neck. It looked surprised when it saw them, and then squawked before running away. It was a chilling experience, and I couldn't help but wonder what other strange creatures might be lurking in the shadows of our city. I decided to check the area around where the sighting happened, and I talked to a bookkeeper at a nearby furniture store. The bookkeeper had 20 acres of land nearby and had never experienced any problems or heard anything unusual in the past. However, he did mention that he heard strange howling sounds the year before. The encounter with the Bigfoot may seem like a wild story, but I believe the couple's account. There are still so many mysteries in this world, and we have yet to uncover all of them. As for me, I will continue to keep an open mind and investigate any reports that come my way, no matter how strange they may seem. I was admitted into a peculiar psychiatric facility in Texas due to my severe depression and uncontrolled heroin addiction. The facility, an impressive castle-like structure hidden within a dense redwood forest, was financed by my well-off parents. Ever since my stay there, I've been on a relentless quest to discover the truth about this facility. My suspicions of its involvement in MKUltra, coupled with a peculiar encounter I experienced during my stay, fuel my obsession. Despite my rigorous research, I have unearthed scant information about this enigmatic institution, save for its location and a brief article about its inauguration in the 1940s. My parents, perhaps wanting to bury the past, have remained tight-lipped about the facility, leaving me in the dark. The primary reason behind my persistent investigation lies in a disturbing encounter I had within the facility's boundaries. Despite the facility's stringent surveillance, I distinctly recall wandering into the forest at midnight, under the eerie glow of a full moon. I remember following some inexplicable presence until I reached a clearing. It was there that I saw it a towering figure, draped in shadows with a gaunt, almost skeletal figure, and skin as pale and translucent as moonlight. At first, I thought it was a hallucination, a side effect of the potent medication they had me on. But then it turned towards me, revealing deep-set eyes that shone a brilliant red in the moonlight. I was petrified, frozen in place by an overwhelming sense of dread that washed over me. The creature was unlike anything I'd ever seen, more akin to a Sasquatch from folklore than any animal known to man. Even now, I'm unsure if that encounter was a hallucination brought on by my medication, or if I had been an unwitting participant in some MK Ultra experiment.
The memory of that eerie encounter and the creature's terrifying gaze continued to permeate my nightmares, driving my obsession to uncover the truth about the facility and what I experienced there.